Looking out across Porty Promen Beach last October, the loss of several feet of sand in some places, the quantity of brash washed up close to the sea wall, and the damage to the sea wall itself felt quite shocking. When he came down to see for himself, Tim Jones was visibly taken aback. He promised that action would be taken. Well, at the end of last week, he joined the other four councillors down on the prom to discuss just that, with members of what is now known as the Flood Management Team. He told me that this change of name was quite significant. I think quite an important change has happened in respect of the name, which was Flood Prevention and now is called Flood Management. I think what is now realised is that some flooding is inevitable as a result of climate change, and therefore this is taken extremely seriously. As a result of that meeting, I think real progress has been made in terms of the way forward. The way forward, as far as Portobello is concerned, there was a lot of damage done, but it's going to cost money to put right, and that's going to be a problem. You're absolutely right. It's going to cost money. With regards to the repairs to the groins, That is now going out to tender. They're looking to do all of the groins. Depending on what the costs are, they may have to do it in stages, but they will start with groin four, which is the groin that was most severely damaged. That raises the question, is this groin repair or groin replacement? Because that one in particular was quite severely damaged. No, this is most definitely groin repair. Some of it has actually rectified itself naturally, But with regards to the repair, the wood that is used is specially sourced. Obviously, it needs to be very, very high quality in order to withstand the elements. What about the beach itself? The tide has actually brought some of the sand back in by the look of it. You're right. It absolutely has corrected itself naturally. However, there is still quite a lot of sand below the levels that they were before. Could that mean perhaps going back to the situation where we had, I think it was 10 years ago, we had dumper trucks coming up and down the prom in order to dump sand, uh, in particular at the end, next to Joppa Rocks? No, that has been ruled out by council officers as something which is not environmentally friendly. There was damage done as well to the seawall and to a certain extent the prom, and that is also a worry for local people. As far as I understand, that is all under investigation and any repairs will be carried out. Some of it looks worse than it actually is, but my understanding is that if there is a danger or a threat of the defence, then that will be looked at and rectified. I was also under the impression, I've not actually been down to the far end around Seafield or the bottom of King's Road, but I understand to the certain amount of damage down that end as well. Yes, there is a certain amount of damage, and again, that is incorporated into the overall tendering initiative that is taking place. But that's not going to protect us against another storm that might still happen this winter. It's, this is something that's long-term, that's going to be over the summer, and hopefully protecting us by 2024-5. And this is now really important, because you get to the real nub of the problem, which is what are we going to do in the long term with regards to mitigating this type of event on the coastal region? Now, there are a lot of agencies involved, national agencies, SEPA involved, the councillors involved. We're in negotiation or we're talking with East Lothian as well. There are studies also being carried out. 
all of which will be collated and then a plan for a proper coastal defence will be put in place. The problem is that, as I understand it, East Lothian is going to go ahead willy-nilly with its particular proposals. I think there's a council meeting in March because they've got to have made the decision by the end of March to get the Scottish Government money. That's correct, but I would want to emphasise, as officers did at our meeting, that the situation must work, that the sea level and the seabed is completely different to what we have here in Portobello, and therefore different mitigations need to be in place. The fear, though, is that if the wrong mitigation is actually put in place, that, for example, a storm surge could actually be swept towards us away from them. It's a very good point, and all I can say to that is that all the agencies are talking to each other. I want to reassure people that this is being done so that there is a coordinated approach, and you're absolutely right to stress that. And I think actually the the role of the elected member here, the councillor, is now one of real scrutiny of these plans and to ensure that the information that we are given is put into the public realm and that people are made aware. And But we need to keep really abreast of all the studies that are taking place and ensure that East Lothian is talking Edinburgh City and to ensure that there is a coordinated approach. It's actually been a very busy week for Councillor Jones here in Portie. On Monday, there was a meeting of Portobello Community Council. Yes, the damage to the beach was on the agenda, but the biggest issue, which brought many members of the public to the meeting, was the issue of pavement parking. In particular, residents of Regent and Marlborough Streets were up in arms over how it will affect them. Tim Jones has taken a rather different stand to the other local councillors in supporting the concerns of those residents. There were very strong opinions and so many emails from residents of Marlborough Street and Regent Street about the impact that the pavement parking ban has had. I just want to say for the record that I have been saying for a long time that this enforcement of the pavement parking ban would create problems. The residents are telling us it's chaotic. And I think what I was trying to do at the Portobello Community Council, I want to listen to what the residents think is the solution to their particular problem. Some ideas are out there like double yellow lines. I also put out in that meeting that a temporary exemption order is possible, but that would have to have the backing of the residents of Marble Street and Regent Street. Now, I don't know that yet, which is why I'm now going to survey those two streets. I'm getting a leaflet prepared very quickly from our office, and I'm going to canvas every single household, asking them the question, which do you prefer? Do you want a temporary exemption order until the controlled parking zone comes into place, or do you want double yellow lines? And I don't think it is at all clear at the moment what the majority of residents want. And I think the double yellow lines would be done one side only. That is my understanding. And that's why initially the council was hesitant to introduce that as a mitigation, because which side does it go down? If you choose one side, it's not popular with that side and popular with the other side. So th- this is why it's problematic. But thinking of those streets in particular, we've already seen photographs of, for example, a fire engine 
struggling to get down. We've seen delivery trucks actually turning away because they couldn't actually get down to deliver something really quite substantial. So something has to be done. Without a doubt, and residents are rightly very, very anxious, especially with regards to an emergency vehicle getting down, because an ambulance, a fire engine, every single second counts. He has promised to keep us in touch with developments in both of the topics covered in this episode. And that's it for another week. As usual, if you know of a story that could make a future episode, then get in touch through social media or by email to theportypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.